I'm Devin Harris from The Bachelorette, and I'm mingling with the Mimosa Mamas. Hi! Welcome back! Guys, we, we are, are live in here Walnut in Walnut Creek at the Main Street Kitchen Cafe. Yep. Oh my god, the food looks so amazing, Erica. And these mimosas mm -hmm. are incredible. Tell them what mimosa you have. I have a peach one, right? Yes, we're, we're enjoying a peach mimosa. It's, it's actually really light. good. Yeah. And sweet, and I'm loving it. And yes, we have a very special guest with us That's right now. Here with us is having a mimosa as well. Yes, this is Devin Harris from Hannah Season of The Bachelorette. And he has an influencer agency that opened a couple of years ago. He's co-partnering with a friend, and we're so excited to have him here. Devin, welcome. welcome. Thank you. Cheers. 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 So, Devin, tell our listeners what you're drinking. Yes. Oh, I'm just having the classic uh, mimosa, you know, champagne and a splash, just a splash of orange juice. Just a splash of orange juice. <laughs> but what's your go-to drink usually? Oh, typically? I would say a Manhattan or, uh, yeah, I usually always go with Manhattan. If it's a good a good bar and they make a good drink, Manhattan. I like it with sweet vermouth, so you put uh, sweet vermouth, uh, bourbon, and... You can add some, you know, um, what are they called? Uh, bitters. I, I, think I've, I think I've had it in Santa Barbara. It's like an old school drink, right? Yeah, it's yeah. very like it's very straightforward. If it's made yeah. right, it's good. Right. And you got to have the, these specific cherries, though. I forget what they're. Maraschino? Maraschino cherries. <laughs> I, or, I don't know if they're the maraschino. Chino, the ones though. Um, oh, the other ones. I know they're like darker yeah. and they're yeah, really yeah, sweet. Yeah. They're good. Yes, yes. Yeah. Devin's from San Francisco. I am. Shout out to San Francisco. Yeah. Bay. Cheers. Cheers to the Bay. He's actually luckier than most of us because he's able to go to all those amazing, awesome bars and restaurants out in the city. Love Tell it. us your favorite restaurant oh, in you can't. San Francisco. Yeah, you can't do that to me. I'm such a foodie, you know? Like, I, I love food so much. It's the three things that are most challenging is my favorite song or my favorite artist, my favorite food, and my favorite movie. I can't. Those are things that I'm like, ah, oh, man. We'll be here for, like, three days. You know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one of my favorite ice cream spots because oh, uh, I love ice cream. Uh, there is a spot on Cole Street. Hold on, let me get the name. It's like this old school, um, classic kind of. You walk in and it's kind of like you're almost in the sixties. Uh, no, it's a parlor. Though. Let me see. Oh, a parlor. I love um, old-fashioned parlors. I do, too. They're so cute. What's your favorite ice cream flavor? Oh, I like it. Well, I don't know. If it's gelato, then oh, it, I can do anything. But if it... So I have... Me and my grandfather have this, like, ice cream thing where, like, when I was younger, I used to go over his house. We'd eat pints of ice cream till like, 2 in the morning. But I always just ate vanilla bean with, like, chocolate sauce. Simple, you know? And you Not still too complicated. Oh, 100 percent. But if we're talking yeah. Ben and Jerry's, I'll do like a brown, the brownie one. Okay. Okay. You know, it just okay. it just depends. Oh, but yeah. yeah, that's funny. You're like you like your drinks, like you like your ice cream. I think that represents who you are as a person. I think you're just like classic. Like, I like it. Totally agree right? with you. Yeah. Like just what you see is what you get. 
Yeah, I like it straightforward. Exactly. And yeah. I like, you know. No what no. what it's what's about the on the inside? Exactly. Does it taste good? That's yeah. all I'm worried about, oh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the ice cream bar. Oh, it's called the ice cream it's bar. It's called the ice cream bar and it literally you walk in and it they have like a bar in the back where you can make they make um like shakes old fashioned with like eggs and ice and like oh my what? Oh, it's really good and then before you put your phone away yeah. Where is it at? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, so <laughs> it's right. It's right. Everyone, you have to look it up yourselves. <laughs> um, it's on Cole Street. Uh, let me get the if I can pull it up. And are they on Instagram? Oh, I I don't know if they're on Instagram. We'll, I'm gonna look. We'll find out before yeah. the end of this interview. Eight fifteen Cole Street. Okay. That's where they're at. Oh my gosh! I'm so glad you told us about this. We- <laughs> <laughs> Erica just killed me with Sorry. her talent here. <laughs> Sorry. We're very cozy in the um, little restaurant. Erin and I love ice cream. And yeah. I do. I'm a huge fan of mint chocolate chips. So I know what you mean when you say vanilla and you've been like that. Vanilla so bean with chocolate, yeah. like Hagen Dazs chocolate. Yeah. And I she love the sauce on oh everything. Gosh, I know. Yeah. Cheesecake. No, tell so them about the though. peanut butter. Oh, yeah. Have you been to Ghirardelli Square where they used yep. to have the warm peanut butter yep. topping? Yeah. With the brownie. Have you ever gone with the brownie? Yeah, the Sunday with the brownie. I didn't even know about this. Ghirardelli's is bomb. Yeah. But now they don't have that peanut butter topping. Oh. Anyway, I don't know. Really we have a Ghirardelli. That's such a spot for like tourists to go, though, is the Ghirardelli because it's huge and it's right at the end of the pier. Yeah. So we have to tell you, we have a Ghirardelli probably like five minutes away from it's our so house. dangerous. Yeah, that is dangerous. In Lathrop. In Lathrop. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And I just come out. Because he, he fills us. He's like, yeah. oh, what? They have like Hello, chocolate, and then they have like all the different chocolates. And yeah. they have like little bins of like every, every flavor. flavor. Wow. Nice. So, so speaking, of, speaking of ice cream, something that actually... So I, I don't know if say this. Something that I something that I kind of spoke about with Hannah on the show was my grandfather, right, and how impactful he was and everything uh, to my life. And so he recently passed away, and because of you know my special like memory with him in terms of ice cream, one of the things I said is when once I retire and I have like reached the point of wealth that I want to, I just want to open up like literally a little ice cream parlor like this name it Compton's and just like have something dedicated to him because it's like a, a g- great childhood memory you know well that's sweet yeah. is that him. naming it after him yeah uh, yeah my grandfather's name's Compton yeah that's an awesome first name yeah, so, yeah. it is okay so wait if you have a son yeah would you name him Compton? Uh, are you gonna I don't know for the ice cream? I, well, I don't his know his wife has to have an input yeah I mean, that's true. Yeah. But, I mean, you could slide it in as a middle name. Like, she might like it. So, That's yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. You know, got to find her first. Yeah, right. But once <laughs> I find her, we can have those talks. So the mimosa mamas can play matchmaker Oh, for absolutely. <laughs> I used to be a dating, like, she did. Oh, yeah? Absolutely. Yeah. But I'm good <laughs> at calling them out for you. Like, and being like, hmm, that's not a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> so let's well, get into it. I, I like that you said that because I want to go into talking about your childhood and you bring up the close bond that you have or had. I'm so sorry to hear that your grandfather passed. No, yeah. Um, you bring up the relationship that you had with him. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit more about Compton, your grandfather. Yeah, so my grandfather is 
very was a very straightforward uh, classic kind of gentleman, right? Um, he was a total family man, military man, and uh, God fearing man also. So he just uh, was a really amazing, amazing guy. Um, he taught me a lot when I was younger, just about being a gentleman and like what that means. And uh, I think when I was younger, I didn't really, you know. I was like, okay, yeah, that's cool. Like, I get it. Like, I'll, I'll remember to do that, you know. Um, but now that I'm older, I think that I really understand what he was preaching and the value of it. And that's not to say that I haven't been a total player or a douchebag when I was younger. But I think it's also because of that um, that... I think we all have. <laughs> yeah, with where I'm at now, I'm like, okay... I, you know, like the whole quote, when I was a child, I thought as a child, and now that I'm a man, I put away childish things. Like, that's 100% like my, where I feel I'm at. And so I'm interested in kind of just helping others kind of see that. And that's, uh, again, going back to my grandfather and having the things that he taught me live on. And so he was a big influence in your life? He was. He was. Um, my mother also was a huge influence, but as a male role model, he took a very, he took a very uh, big part of that. Now, is this your mother's father? or This your... is actually my dad's father. Your dad's father? Yes. Okay. So very close with uh, that side of the family. Um, they are my family. And, um, yeah. Well, I love that you're bringing this up because I think a lot of us tend to do exactly what you said. Um, you know, when your older generation, like your grandparents or your great aunt or your aunt uncles are trying to give you advice about the future, um, it's hard to, to take that advice in because you're just like in that moment of like, well, yeah, 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 I get it. I got it. I got it. No worries. You know, grandma or grandpa. And then it's not till you get older where you start to realize that, you know, what they're really teaching yeah, you has so much value, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I love that you're bringing this up because I think right now in this current moment in our in, in society, thank you, um, we're all forgetting about that, you know? Like we're forgetting yeah. about our values and the way that our family, we can take a lot out of our family and, and the advice that our elder family members can share with us. and. I love that you're bringing this up. You know, you're a guy mm -hmm. and there could be a younger guy listening right now and just kind of be brushing off their, even their parents, their own parents and taking advice yes. from their parents. What have you taken away from your, let's say yeah, your I, mom. Oh, my let's mom. Let's talk about your mom. Yeah. I mean, my mom, you know, it's, my mom's an amazing, amazing woman. Uh, had me a, a bit younger, you know, but because of that, I also got to release, I got to see her grow like as an individual and as a mother and as a, a person and then now it's amazing because I have a little brother right eight-year-old brother that I see how she is different with him in terms of raising him compared to me and um, you know when my mother was dating somebody I was always evaluating like all right what are the best qualities of this guy what are the worst qualities of the guy what are qualities that I would want to emulate um, and ultimately is he good enough most of the time I was like, no, but yeah. How old were you when you were thinking, when you were having these thoughts? I was wondering. Probably my teens, you Your know? Teens? Yeah. Okay. That's um, very mature of me to be thinking of that, that way at that age. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean my, my mother is like really important. So it's like, you're, you know, like, so 
that's cool that you want to meet her and all, but <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you gotta come through me. Yeah, yeah, right. a little bit, right? No, no. I, I purposely, I purposely gave guys a hard time to see, like, oh, can you withstand this? Like, can I mess with you? You know, uh, but um, yeah, no. So I just think that for me, that was something that I realized. Well, where I'm at now is I really I'm interested in kind of mentoring younger men, right, um, into really becoming gentlemen. I think that especially you're talking about the time and where we're at in, in this period of time. You know, we've seen things like Me Too movement, uh, Harvey Weinstein, uh, all these guys of power that really don't have the basic basic manners is what it comes down to, right? It's basic mm-hmm. being uh, being a gentleman is about being considerate and having manners. And I think that a lot of, when, when, when we're younger, when I was younger, I was just, you know, you feel like you're invincible. So the smaller things don't, you don't really focus on those. But the biggest piece about being a gentleman, I think, is it teaches you, like, it, the manners will never hurt you, right? So if you're a younger guy and you understand the small things and you pay attention to those, it's going to help you in your life a lot later, whether it's your relationship, whether it's business, whether it's just the way you move in the world. Um, it should be a life skill. It's going to be a life skill, right? Exactly. And so it's not, and it's just something to be aware of that I don't think has any negatives. I, I think a lot of guys, I think a lot of guys try at times to portray that they're gentlemen to get a benefit from it or get a reward from it in a sense, but that's not really what being a gentleman's about. And again, like I said, I'm I'm not saying that I'm perfect, but it's because of my my faults that I've learned from those, and I want to help others not make those same mistakes, right? So I love that you want to start this mentoring program. What age are you thinking um, that you would start kind of working with young men? Well, yeah, I mean, also, it doesn't, I don't want it to be just uh, young men either, right? I, I, I'm open to helping anybody that wants advice, right? I kind of want to think of myself as the new age Hitch, if you would say, in terms of, Hitch was kind of about uh, helping women get out of their way to see what guy, the, like, good guys really are, and I just want to help men get out of their way to reach their fullest potential as a gentleman, right? And, and also, at the same time, help women, if I can, or, or younger girls, un- understand and get a gentleman and appreciate that. Some, some, okay. some women just want the bad guy, you know, and you can't do anything about that. And they I want. Think I think when they're younger, like, I think when we're younger, we do want that person, but then we quickly learn that's just a guy to have fun with, and that's not who we're going to marry in some Yeah. And I, hey, I was, I, I'm telling you, I, I speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I played in, in high school, you know, I, I uh, but I also now with where I'm at in life, it's like, I, you get to a point where you're like, I don't want to be that guy. You well, know? I think the thing is, is about women. Um, I could say this because I, and I say this all the time. Everybody knows. I hope nobody's rolling their eyes. I'm from San Jose <laughs> and we're used to a type of quality in a man. You know, there's. Not and not all women from San Jose are that way. Let, let me just clarify that. Talking about like um, and like yeah. That. Remember we talked like about this? attitude. You're yeah, hundred percent. Guy with the moped, and I was about the guy ah. in the skinny race in the in the crazy. I did my fair share of bad boys. Okay, I did, honey. I'm sorry. I know you might hear this. But oh, I know. <laughs> hey, look. No, mine is a performance bad boy. 
Look, I, hey, and you know what? That's a, that's the thing is I I think that at the end of the day, you know, have you ever seen Peaky Blinders? Okay, so Peaky Blinders is about this like guy in I think it's England or Scott. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where it's based actually. To be honest, I think it's England. Um, and he is a he's a gangster, right? But like he's still a gentleman, like even I'm though he's a gangster, yes, right? Thank you. So that's it's like combo. the thing is, you can be a Harley yeah. riding whatever you want, but it's just about those manners, right? It's like respecting somebody, yeah. appreciating the small things. So it has nothing to do with your, like, with other, it really anything else. You can carry yourself um, as a gentleman and be into Harleys and have a three-foot-long beard if you want. It doesn't matter, right? Now, whether somebody's going to like that beard is a whole other thing, but... There's no judgment there at all. No, not at all. My sister married the first guy she ever dated and they've been together for years. Yeah. I mean, I think that you can you can have a certain persona about you, right? Like, hey, I'm from the Bay. I like to think I have a little swag, you know? Yes, but you absolutely do. I, I just, I also think that just because you have swag or your persona is bad boy or whatever does not mean that you still cannot be a gentleman, right? It, it means that, and, and if anything, it'll be better for you because you have a really cool, per, you know, your, your own persona, your own swag, your own style. But at the end of the day, you still follow this kind of lifestyle, right? Um, and yeah, so that's one of the things I'm really interested in. You're excited to see where that I mean, both of our sons were like, "Can we get them? <laughs> Can I get?" Well, I, you know, I've been looking. I've been looking. Like, I heard that there's a, of course, a school in London that like teaches that focuses on uh, teaching younger men how to become gentlemen, like food etiquette, things like that. Um, and there's something in New York. So I've been, I've been looking for them. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, I mean, I think I think a lot of that comes too from I went to military school for like for the first two years, and they they taught us things like etiquette and like military teaches really a little bit about how to carry yourself in some ways, um, and then that partnered with my grandfather and just my upbringing with my mother and things like that. It's um, it's all coming together. I mean, when you have someone like your grandfather who you speak so highly of, and he seems like he was a an amazing man. I mean, that's pretty much like your golden ticket. Yeah. Like giving you the example for you yeah. to follow. I mean, it's right? cr- it's crazy too because I only know like one side of the family too. Because weirdly enough, my so I haven't really put it out there, but my so my mother is actually related to John D. Rockefeller. As crazy oh, as that wow. is, yeah. So um, my I've never met that side of the family. Um, and I think it's through my grandmother through her, through her father that there's a relation that, um, ship there. But I, I don't, I mean, I never would tell anybody that just because like, so what, you know, no, no, I'm joking. My whole thing is like, it's cool that I'm related to that. Still want to make it on like my own, you know, I don't have any interest in, but it's very cool, cool, interesting, but I just, I've never met that, that side of the family. Um, I met my grandmother, who's the connection when I was a baby. Um, and then I met, uh, my grandfather also, but I just never. That speaks a lot of your integrity that you're not trying to use that, you know, to 
are, your mom should be very proud of you. Yeah, and, and going into that, I do want to talk about this uh, post that you posted on Instagram. Yeah. About your high school principal. Yes, 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 yes. Um, why don't you tell our listeners about the open letter that you wrote to the principal who doubted you? Yeah, so, oh, it was actually my teacher. It was okay, one of my teachers and the principal. Well, it was my teacher and the principal. Um, but, I'll, yeah, I'll tell you. So, basically, um, I'm going to give you a little bit of back detail, too. I, when I was younger, right, I uh, had seizures. And so, I, um, I first started with petty mall seizures. You kind of space out and, like, you uh, come back to, right? And then... They gradually got worse and turned into um, uh, grandma, grandma, grandma seizures, where you're on the floor and you're shaking and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so because of that, when I was younger, I was out of school a lot and specifically missed a lot of math, multiplication, things like that. So um, I had trouble in school. And one of the first things I remember when I was younger is I remember I was in class, this kid was making fun of me, and uh, I got really butthurt and I ran out of class. Well... A different principal had chased me and at the time I was a little kid and I was like kind of scared so I kicked him in the genitals <laughs> I kicked him in his balls and then and then I ran away and I was like stop stop chasing me so I got kicked out of that school right and yeah I was a little kid yeah it was like the 90s yeah so at that time they were like okay yeah Kicked me out, right? Send me to another school. And my mom, the school that they sent me to, was, she was like, you might need help with math and special attention at the time, but, like, you don't need this kind of help. And at that time, my aunt on my dad's side was a vice principal at a school in Chicago. At that time, I moved to, South, uh, to Chicago and went to this school on the south side of Chicago. And um, there was a lot of, there was, it was mainly African-American uh, kids, right? More on the south side. Uh, well, my mother is white, blonde hair, and she was doing well. So she'd drive me to school, drop me off, but my aunt is black, right? And so I, at that point, had a lot of, like, challenging reverse racism kind of things going on. Uh, got in a lot of different kind of fights, and then ended up leaving that school. So my point in telling you this is, at that school, actually, was the school that I had this experience same school that my aunt was a vice principal of another teacher um had told me she basically said to me you know you're you're just straight trouble you're never gonna mount anything um really just putting me down and telling me like i wouldn't make it past high school so my mother being my mother was like that's you know you can't listen to that uh it's not true and it was supported at that time by i think it was the principal i think so her and, and they were it was just bad, right? right. Um, my aunt was always fighting for me in that dynamic, mm-hmm. but um, my mother was like, you can't believe that, right? And right. Um, I think she really instilled in me in that when at a younger age was, uh, you can, don't feed into it, just prove them wrong, right? And so it was like a promise that I made to my mom and me and a silent promise to that principal that, I, if nothing else, was going to prove them wrong, right? And then my grandfather, on top of that, was also preaching, you know, I don't care what you do in this world, just get, a di- like, a diploma. Get a diploma from college, and, like, I'll be happy. So uh, that partnered with the fact that my 
grandfather was also passing away. Like, he was dwindling down while I was in college. That put a little fire under my butt to really be like, I'm, I am not only have to finish it for my grandfather, but I have to finish it so that I can prove, like, these people wrong, right? And I think as I got older, it kind of taught me this quality for myself where it was like, it almost motivates me if you tell me I'm not going to do something. If you tell me I'm going to fail, like, I am dedicated to proving you that, like, not only are you wrong, but I'm going to go above and beyond. So, yeah, I mean, that's, I graduated college, and the post that you saw was me writing to the principal and that teacher that I never forgot about, um, just basically stating that, hey, look, I know you said I was never going to make it past high school, but... I've graduated high school. I'm graduating college with a political science degree. From and UC San Diego. From right? uh, University of San oh, Diego, yeah, private. Did I say that right? Yep. Yeah. University yeah. of San Diego. Yeah, yeah University of San Diego. And um, and I'm not done. I'm gonna now I'm building a company, you know. Um, and I may go back to get my graduate degree. Who, who knows? Well, good for you. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you know, I have a question. If that hadn't happened. Do you think your path would be different today? Uh, I don't because later, so I went to that school, right, um, after Chicago, came back to San Francisco, and at that time I really just didn't care so much about school. I wanted to go to school because I wanted it for the social aspect. I was playing football at this time. I'd been playing football my whole entire, since I was a little kid. And so it was, I wanted to go to school to make friends. I wanted to play sports and I wanted to have fun and school was cool. I'll, I'll do what I got to do to get through, but like I wasn't trying to be at my top potential. Um, so at that point in time, my mother saw me kind of going down like a different path, right? And um, she said to me one day, I'll never forget this. She said, failure for you is not an option. And if you can't get your life together, I'll do it for you because you're not going to fail. And so, and she followed that up with, if you don't get it together, I'll send you to military school, right? And to me, I'm like, my mom loves me. She's not going to send me to military school, like, whatever. So I called her bluff, called her bluff, and eighth grade, she, after I graduated, she was like, you haven't got it together, your GPA is way too low, and you don't have, I've told you, failure for you isn't an option. I'm sending you to military school. It's in Wayne, Pennsylvania. Uh, I'll make sure that you're all set up, but you're going to Valley Forge Military Academy. And so I lived in Pennsylvania uh, for two years, and I went into military school with a 1.5 GPA, and I left with a 3.5 GPA, and I had a platoon of like 30 different guys that I was in charge of. And um, at that time, it was crazy because all the men in my family had been in the military, and so all the men in my family were like, you should keep going, go to West Point, go to Annapolis. And I was like, ah, you know, I'm playing football and I want to play professionally. So I um, I ended up, the deal with my mother was if I got a 3.0, I could leave and go play football for any high school that I wanted to. So I got a 3.5 and made sure I was going to get out of there. And I uh, ended up going to Bishop O'Dowd here in Oakland. And then... Um, in high school, I played corner and wide receiver. And then after high school into college, I played corner. That stopped. Once I stopped playing in college, I uh, I was kind of like, I what am I gonna do? You know, I was at uh, USD um, when Jim Hardball was there. It's crazy. Um, and so Is that the Chargers? Jim Hardball was the coach of the 49ers oh, when they went to the Super Bowl and stuff okay. like that. Um, so, but he was at USD for a very small point uh, period of time. 
And so once my football career kind of came to an end, I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to do, right? Like, what, like I want to still be involved with my passion, but I have no idea. Well, all my friends are still playing football. I'm like, well, maybe I can just like, I don't know, I'll figure it out. I watched Entourage that uh, that that semester. I watched all of Entourage. I binged it. You have to watch it. I have to. I'm hardcore Entourage fan. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I can do this with like my friends that play football. So originally I went to LA to try and chase uh, becoming a sports agent, but I took on a internship and moved my way up through what was actually a. Um, it was representation for actors, and then I got to an executive point, and then I started taking over the kind of L.A. region of that uh, boutique agency I was telling you about, and uh, yeah, started managing, and then from there, yeah. such an amazing story. Very inspirational, but I want to go a little bit back, because since we are a parent podcast, you mentioned that your mom sent you off to military school. Did you at that moment have this kind of like anger or hatred towards her Not, doing like almost like, like resent, resent, disappointment? Yeah. Disappointment? Uh, some form of emotion. Abandoned? Like, yeah, I didn't I didn't understand it at that time because it was like big picture kind of thinking, right? My mother's thinking big picture in terms of my life and I'm thinking momentary, like, why are you sending me away? It's not um, but once the weird thing about Valley Forge and military school is once I got into it, I started to like it, right? Like, once I gave up trying to, like, resist it, I understood it, and I liked it, and I bought in, and I became, and I got better, right? Yeah. But um, it was hard at first to kind of understand. Uh, but oh, yeah. Because you're a teenager. Yeah. 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 Did it change your relationship with your mom? No, honestly, it, it, at this point, I always tell people, everybody that I mean, I'm like, I owe everything to my mother because of that, because it changed my life. You know, that it, I could have been on a really different path going to, a lot of the people that I knew at that time before going to military school, like, one, I don't keep in contact with, two, are in very different places, and, um, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it changed my life. Well, this could have gone in a different direction. Because it could have done some damage to your relationship with your mom. Because a lot of kids that get sent off to like military school or whatnot, they hate their parents. They yeah. have this some form of like anger. Yeah, resentment. Well, I would say my because my husband was also sent. Um, yeah. And um, he did. He harbored some, but then yeah. now looking back, he has the reflection that you have. The, the I think that for me, that I mean, my mother, like I've been preaching, is my mother's an amazing mother. So the thing that she always did is she made it known that she didn't want to do this, right? But she's doing it, that she's making a hard choice for, for me. And it, she said, she's had said at the time that it was the, and still says that it is the hardest thing that she ever had to do to leave, let me basically go, like, live away from her, right? Um, and so I think us, that partnered with her actually showing like small details, right? Not just saying that you love somebody, but showing them. She'd send me care packages all the time, write me letters, like. It was like tough love almost, right? Yeah. She yeah. needed that. And that's how his mom was too. She's like, this is how much I love you. Yeah, you know what I mean? which you don't understand that at first. You're like, this is all bullshit. Like, what? I'm not buying into this, right? But then once you see it. You, you can kind of see everything. You're like, okay. Your foundation with your mom 
your relationship was so strong, I don't think anything could have really messed yeah, up. Yeah, I agree. You know what I mean? And yeah, I think yeah. the relationship that he had was with his grandfather, I'm sure your grandfather instilled in you that you always have to have respect for your yeah. mama, right? Yeah, yeah. And then also, I mean, I think it also helped the fact that I was in military school. Like, all the men in my family have been in the military. So I kind of looked at it once I bought in, like, oh, cool. Like, I, you know, get to go do PT. Like, I'm in boot camp. Like, I bought into it, right? We all know that as parents, our children don't come with manuals. We all say that all the time. So before we change the subject and move forward, I um, I have a hard time myself as a mother with my son. He's my only child. I have two up in heaven that I always talk about. You know, he's my only son and I won't be having children anymore. I, you know, I can't. I'm like, I don't want to cry. <laughs> but um, my son is on the spectrum and you know, I have a hard time. And sometimes I'm like, I wish I could just send you away. I can't believe I'm saying this. I mean, yeah. but it's real. But if you knew that it would bring a certain outcome, like a positive outcome, right? It's yeah. like you, it's it truly is parenting. Like in the sense that like, you know, this is going to be beneficial for them. You can't be selfish, right? right. Because you just want them. It's like you're, as a parent, your job is to actually make sure that they're, taken care of, have a good life, exactly. a better life yeah. than you, right? And, um, yeah. I mean, I feel for your mom because at the time, she she only had you, correct? Yeah, I was our only child. Ethan yeah. was not around. Yes, yeah. you were the only child. So, coming from someone like me who I only have my son, I can't imagine how she felt because my son is my world. He's my everything. Oh, my yeah. God, I would do anything for him. <laughs> but sometimes I'm like, oh, my gosh, like... It's like playing chess, being a parent. It's like you have to strategically make a move. So for your mom to do this, I mean, I only, I literally wish I could give her like the biggest <laughs> hug. No, seriously, because yeah. it's, you know, I have a preteen and it's hard to make that decision. And yeah. I mean, I, my heart just goes out to her because I'm sure she has moments even still now where she's at and you're in your 20s looking back and being like oh my god i can't believe i did that yeah Her but mom. i don't think i don't think she you know the, the the fear of regret at that moment was probably huge yeah but now I'm sure she doesn't regret it at any moment in her life, you know? Like I would love to talk to her. I would yeah, love having I mean, we I know because we love getting advice from other parents yeah. who have been through it. You know, yeah. like you're in your twenties. Yeah, she has her son who's eight years old, but it helps not only Aaron and I, but it helps our community that we're trying to build here. Or that we have built, I yeah. should say. Yeah. Um, it's great to get advice from other moms and dads who have been there and have done it, you know? Yeah. I mean yeah. I mean I think that's a, a huge piece too, is when I talk about how she's different in terms of the way that she is raising Ethan now compared to me, is exactly. like she's taken those risks in a sense and yeah. seen them pay off. So she's a lot more confident. She knows, you know, there's age with that. There's so it's it's really yeah. It's interesting. And you have said that your mom was a young mom. We have a lot of young moms who are listening right now, and just hang in there. Like that's the best thing that we can say. Hundred percent. And look how you turned out. Oh I mean, my she gosh. Did she did. She did. Yeah. You're an incredible man. Thank you. Thank you. And so we brought up Ethan. Let's talk about you. Oh yeah. Yeah, um, Ethan is the man. I can't say it enough. He's he's the best. Um, he, I mean, what what to say? Like, uh, I'm extremely obviously close with him because of the relationship with my mom. But um, 
I love it. You know, it's it's. I also have two other brothers on my dad's side, um, but Ethan is really different because the, my other two brothers are a bit older, 17, 18, right? So with Ethan, it's like I can take him to Disneyland or I can take him to like, um, what is it, House of Air, which we did the other day, or take him to mini golf and like it's it's fun for him, right? Take if him I took to watch a Marvel movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. He's eight, yeah. Uh, and he just, you know, he just had his like first day of third grade, so it's like I t- dropped him off and I'm like, this is great. I was probably more excited for him to go for his first day of third grade than he was, but... <laughs> yeah. I raised my hand a lot, sorry. <laughs> Can I just say, it was the sweetest thing, for those of you who are fans of Devin, he put on his Insta stories the cutest photo of, of his brother, of his first day of school, and you did a great job because you had him in front of the school. Oh, yeah. And you're like, first day of school. <laughs> It was so cute. It melted my heart. I was like, oh my gosh. And your brother, your big brother. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're going to make an amazing dad. Like, uh, that's oh, the goal, you know? That's that's the goal. Yeah. You're going to help him find his woman. Yes, hey, we are. I got to. I got to yes, find her. We got your back. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> but what else has Ethan taught you? Yeah, I think that... Um, the biggest thing is, you know, it, it's so we're talking about military school and how I changed, right? Well, military school provides a lot of structure, right? So once I left military school, it was like trying to take the tools that I learned and apply those to the real world. And in college, um, you know, I learned a lot about staying motivated, staying dedicated, things like that. But there's nothing that can prepare you for having a child right and i don't think that anybody's ever truly prepared not that i would know because i don't have my own children but you know ethan has taught me things like time management on crack and what i mean by that is like you know not only do i have to get myself up but like today like i've been watching him for a week right um my family is having fun doing their thing i mean my my parents are having fun doing their thing but um and so i'm watching ethan and so for this week you know, I've had to, it's summer, so it's been pretty chill because he can get up at 10 and that's fine and we'll get his, it's a slower morning. 10? Wow. Yeah, if he wants to sleep in, you know, whatever. That's awesome. Uh, he otherwise will get up at like 6 in the morning. He just, he's, I don't know. Um, but now, like, school starting, you know, I had to get his clothes ready, got to get breakfast ready. I was lucky enough that he liked everything cafeteria, so I was just like, <laughs> you're good, you'll eat at cafeteria, don't have to make lunches. Um, but just thinking like that, right is is huge um so i think he's taught me that and i think if anything um he has kind of lit a fire under my butt in the sense that okay i have somebody that really truly looks up to me right and so i can't be like i have to raise the bar um and i don't want him to ever not look up to me so if that's the case how do i how do i you know keep that going um so you're his role yeah. model you are i hope so i hope i stay his role model i hope well it's almost like parallel to your grandfather i mean i see it that way mm-hmm. because you had him oh i'm gonna try to say this without getting emotional <laughs> oh my gosh well i just my grandmother just passed away in january and uh, she was a big role model to me and i looked up to her so much and um it's it is to me i feel that it's like a parallel between 
you know, the relationship that you have with your gra- grandfather. I know you're not his grandfather, you're his brother. Yeah, I'm his brother. there's some similarities there. Yeah, it's a full yeah. circle. And I think that's what kind of got me into the mentoring thing too, right? Is like, I understand that there, especially with my life, right? There are people in your life, these role models that really do help you, right? They, they make you realize your worth and they make you realize what you want to be and like all these other things. So, um, Sure, I'm a role model to Ethan, and I hope that I am, but I don't want to just be just a role model to Ethan. I want to help other people, you know what I mean? And um, I know that there's, I had trouble when I was younger. I was have, I was on a completely different path, like I've said. So if I can help somebody kind of revert that without having to go to military school, without having to, you know what I mean, uh, go through all the hard times because i'm definitely somebody that has run like my head into a wall multiple times and been like this is probably not a good idea we should stop this right <laughs> but like if you don't have to run into a wall why not you yeah. know yeah so well, and yeah there's so many um young men and men in their 20s even older men who don't have anyone to look up to yeah. so because they don't have a father in their lives I mean, I just want to meet like-minded people or people that, you know what I mean? Like, I'm all about, too, is if there are people that are want to be a part of something like this, like, by all means, hit me up. We'll we'll make something happen, you know what I mean? Yeah, you guys, reach out to Devin and we'll get your contact information for him. Yeah. So oh, yes, definitely. So I want to talk about how you were a talent manager and then how did the opportunity of The Bachelorette come into your life? Yeah, so I uh, was in a five-year relationship prior to moving to LA, actually. So out of, uh, when I was at USD, I was in a relationship. It was a long-distance relationship. I met her um, actually here in the Bay Area. I knew her from the Bay Area. But I went and traveled abroad, and I randomly ran into her out there. And I was like, what are you doing here? And had a great time. The universe, right? So um, we hit it off from there, from studying abroad, and just kind of went. And uh, I used to go to, like, come drive to San Francisco on the weekends or Arizona or, like, made it work, right? Uh, I graduated and uh, moved to L.A. Once I was like, I want to become an agent. This is what I want to do. And at that time, she was in Arizona. And uh, she just became very uncomfortable with, like, me going to L.A. She she was kind of like, you know... I don't really, like, you're in L.A., I don't really trust, like, the women out there are different. That was what she said. I was like, I don't know what that means, but I'm focused on my career, like, that's why I came out here. Personally, I wouldn't have moved to L.A. if it wasn't for the fact that entertainment industry is here in L.A., right? right? Um, so, we ended up splitting, um, and right after that, I, it was really hard, the split that we split, um, and so, I kind of went into a little bit of a depression for a little bit, and just instead of being depressed i just focused on work a lot so i uh started working for this agency as an intern and worked like crazy because i didn't want to focus on that right just work 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 um and then moved up from intern all the way to executive level and then started managing uh talent there and running kind of the division there in la uh for the mother agency that was in canada um and toronto and so i'm sorry vancouver and um and then after i was like you know i really like managing actors and musicians but i kind of want to try and go to different direction right so i was actually on my way out uh leaving uh that company 
And at that time, uh, Recruiter reached out to me for the show and said, "Hey, you know, well, actually, my friend called me and was like, I need you to, I need you to call this number." And I'm like, "Okay, who's the number?" He's like, "I, I can't tell you the number. Just call." Oh my and I'm like, "Dude, what?" And he's like, "Just, he's like, just trust me." I'm like, "Okay, I trust you. I'll call." So I call. Yeah, and I, you know, on the other side of the phone, uh, I'm now talking to this recruiter, and she's she's saying, um, you know, I know your friend Rocky, um, you know, wanted to see if you'd be interested in an opportunity. I was like, you know, I think I've finally, like, at a place where, sure, why not? Let's take a shot in the dark, right? And so... Um, yeah, I feel like that was, like, a sign right yeah, there for, for you sure. to try something yeah, so I didn't. I was like, I just left, you know. I'm I'm in transition. Fine, let's do it. So going to the show, uh, get off, and I have a friend that when I was in San Diego, I used to work with at another company, and she started a um, influencer agency. So uh, partnering brands with influencers, and um, she was like, you know, you have talent management skills. Saw obviously that you were working in that prior to the show. Um, I want to partner with you. It's like, let's do it. Let's do it. So that's uh, what I'm doing. So I have to ask you, when you were talking to that recruiter, had you been watching Colton season? Did you know who The Bachelorette was going to be? Yeah, so funny enough, I used to watch The Bachelorette with my mother after work. Oh, yeah, she'd get off work. And uh, that Cheers. was... That was <laughs> Yeah, that was it. She's like, don't be like this, man. No, don't she... Like so when when it first came out, I can't even remember the names of, like, the very first oh, season. I can. But, like, she... Alex. I don't... I, no, I think he was way younger with Alex and Trista. Oh, well, the very first season of the show... All I know... Yeah, all I know oh, okay. is that no, when... When we were, when I was younger, uh, in middle school, before I went to military school, yeah. she'd get off work, I'd be at home already, and like that was our like together time before oh she, where so, so she we she'd watch the show and we'd hang out or whatever, and so that's how I knew about the show, right? And so then fast forward years later, I was like, oh yeah, like I, that's how I knew of it. I had watched Colton season previously because my friend Wills was yes, on the show. Wills, yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. So we want to have him on the show. Well, yeah, hit him for up. sure. I'd love that, but wait a minute. <laughs> what are your mother saying? So I didn't. I didn't. I didn't even. I didn't even tell my mother until it was like official. Official. Because I was like, I was like, if this happens, cool. If not, I'm gonna keep going on with my life, you know. But. um yeah, once it once it was like yeah. official, I was like, okay, I gotta tell you something. Yeah, and she was like, what, what, what? And I was like, you know, she she was for it. She was just like, is this something? She asked me. She's like, is this something you want to do? That's how she asked me. And I said, yeah. I mean, you know, why not? That was my thing. Why not? Um, why like if I I'm at a pl- I was at a place in my life also with my career. It wasn't established. It's still not established, right? I mean, but. It, with the direction that I'm going with my career, um, the type of person I am and what I'm looking for, I'm, I'm at a place in my life where I am looking for somebody to really be a partner to, right? And so why wouldn't I take that shot? I'm, 
and dating in LA is challenging enough. Oh, like, why not just take I some a shot with somebody that might actually be really serious about building a future together? So um, I explained it to her that way, and she's like, "Okay, like, yeah, I if that if at the end of the day it's your choice, right?" She's like, "At the end of the day, it's your choice." So you're a grown ass man. Exactly. Did so you know who was gonna be? Um. So we, I had an idea. Um, and then as it got closer, it pretty much like narrows down to a small, like, a few yeah. people. And you're like, am I attracted to these people? Yes. Right. Yes, I'm attracted to yeah. these these people. Um, and then it's like anything else anyway, right? You're going to meet somebody. You're going to get to know them. You're going to see yeah. further yeah. if yeah. You're, you have chemistry. Yeah. So you just get an idea of like, yeah, I, could, I would want to meet this person, you know? <laughs> okay, so here comes the limo. You're in the limo, you walk out of the limo, and you see Anna. She looks amazing. Yeah. Absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, she's, um, yeah, she looked gorgeous. I think I even stumbled over my words when I walked up there, because I, I forgot, you know what it was, is I forgot my name for a split second. I was trying to be funny. Oh my gosh, did you really? Yeah, I was like, I was like, man, I've never done that before, but. <laughs> Where's your paint area? I, you know. No, I'm teasing. I, was, I really took my breath away, you know. She's. Be- I mean, we have not met her, but she's beautiful on TV. So yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was really, it was crazy because she also isn't my, like, I don't, I don't like to say I have a type, but in terms of you know my ex girlfriends and women that I like have dated, uh, she wasn't my typical type, but. I was also all for that because I'm like, I've obviously dated a certain type right. and I'm yeah, here. So let's, yeah, let's try, you know, something. Was there initial chemistry with the panel? There was, there was definitely attraction. Um, I wish that, you know, I would have been a little bit more, like, outspoken um, in the time that I was there. I was there for a good amount of time, but I just wish that I was a little bit more outspoken because I think uh, that was something that kind of hindered me is you know i i like to think that i'm somewhat of an alpha male but when you're surrounded by alpha males it's very interesting to see how you respond to that right well and you're a gentleman so i don't think you would be like the one to make like, yeah i was gonna be like like these other guys were you know what i'm saying they were making well the guys but that the, were ooh. on the season had some very strong personalities Let's oh yeah and i love do i love the guys from the show they're great guys it's just and you see that you see how they're different right you see right. mike has a big personality garrett has that like southern kind of charm thing going right everybody has their own little like what makes them them um which i think is a big piece too is you kind of start to which was huge for me is you self-evaluate strongly because you're like okay so what's great about me and what am i going to show this person that's really great about me um, you have to differentiate yourself. Yeah. Stand out. Yeah. 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 Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're sitting here now thinking, Anna, what were you thinking? What are you saying? Because <laughs> you're very you know, attractive. So I'm like, <laughs> and sweet and everything. I know. Check off the Thank box. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So the guys on the show, we had Mike, we had Tyler, we Peter. had Peter, Jeff, yeah. Peter, Jeff. we had. So um, you said in an interview that you and Jed were closest. Uh, well, I didn't say we're close, but in yeah, the house. we're. In the house? Are you well, I'm. I would say I would say the people that I am the closest with is uh, Peter, 
Dustin, Mike, and um, and I was cool with Jed. We really connected. Jed and me connected on music a lot, right? Because I used to work with music. I used to be music, and yeah, I used to work in music. So we connected on that. Um, but I would say, you know, like I, I the people that I still to this day kick it with is you know Peter. I kick it with Peter. Um, Connor actually, Connor J was there earlier in the season. Um, he got a concussion and everything. Um, he he's a really great guy. Uh, I'm actually really cool with him. It's it's hard to say who I'm coolest with yeah. because they're it's it the experience kind of brings you close to these guys, right? And, I was uh, gonna say that Aaron and I always talk about that when we're watching. We're like, okay, they have like romances, like they have yeah. like. Um, yeah. Bonds. Well, because you guys have so much time together. Well, if you're not if you're not spending it with with Hannah, I mean, think about if you're if you're at a house and you're just hanging out for months at a time, like you're gonna get yeah. Well, I I think my thing is you know I I know what the the idea or like I know what has transpired now That's but what I was gonna ask you. you know 100% I understand what has transpired but at the same time coming off of the show and the interview that you saw me do you know I was like I don't see at that time I, I don't see you know I don't see Jed as a bad guy like I think I, I met him I spent time with him in the house he's genuine um he told you know we, we saw and at that time we had also seen him tell Hannah about like why he came on the show so I'm like he's being transparent you know, he's being honest. I know him as a good guy. I don't see anything different. And to this day, you know, I think, again, going back to helping men, like, become gentlemen, right? I think that, it, you know, I got a lot of backlash because I was hanging out with him at one point. Um, and right after the show. And the thing is, like, you know, I don't... I'm not going to abandon my friends because there's things that they need to learn, right? Just with Luke on the show at Mentel All, I told him my opinion about what I think he needs to work on, and I've done the same with Jed. You know, it's just the difference is nobody got to see that. But at the end of the day, I want to help men become gentlemen. So it doesn't matter whether it's Luke, doesn't matter whether it's Jed, doesn't matter whether it's the hobo down the street. I'm going to tell them what I think and what would be beneficial for them to become better, right? Well, I think it's amazing that we're having you on the podcast so you can share this with everyone because um, a lot of people look at being on The Bachelor or on a reality show almost like, oh, they just want to gain their fame or, oh, they just want to make their Instagram bigger or whatnot, right? Yeah, I mean, I already worked like in entertainment. I didn't give a damn about that. Yeah, like, exactly. I don't, but yeah. you, were, you were helping handle as your person. Yeah, I went on the show. like, And honestly, going on to the show was a risk from career because I work in entertainment so it's like you know I wouldn't have gone on that show unless I was really there for that reason because I'm risking a lot by going on the show as it is and I don't I don't care about a following because of the fact that I'm already in that realm I live in LA I'm I'm you know so I think it's amazing. You are there for the right reasons. Yeah, exactly. I know. Uh, <laughs> okay, before we walk away from The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, I should say, um, I want to know your best qualities that you discovered on the show about yourself. Um, I would say I am passionate, um, dedicated, or committed, right? Dedicated or committed. And... Um, evolving if I had to pick three words 
Yeah, I, I don't think that, and maybe open mind. I'm evolving open minded, right? Because at the end of the day, it's like I only know what I know now, so I can't imagine what I'm going to know later. And um, but yeah, How and a gentleman. Old are you? How a gentleman. Old are you? Uh, I'm 28. So you have a lot of wisdom already at 28 years old. Oh, yeah. yeah. So um, what qualities do you look for in a partner? Yes. Um, I would say selflessness is a huge thing. Uh, I don't think that – I think successful relationships or relationships in general, you cannot be selfish, right? Yeah. Whether, whether you're talking about relationships or you're talking about kids, like – Things that really ultimately come down to being of a lot of value are because you're spending time with somebody that you know cares about you, right? And that's, that's a huge piece. So I would say selflessness. I would say uh, honesty. I would say um, probably passionate and uh, kind, kind, right? Obviously, we all, we want somebody that we're attracted to that's a given but uh i think being a kind person be and being selfless those go hand in hand um being open-minded because it, again if you're in a relationship somebody may be coming from a different perspective or a different place in life and you know you're always you you in a relationship i think the long ones like you want to evolve together right i i there's this post I also put on my page from Will Smith, huge mentor of mine, not, not mentor, but like somebody I look up to. Um, and he was talking about his and Jada's relationship. And this post that I posted is really just talking about how they realized, right, in their relationship that they were two people walking two separate paths, but they wanted to walk that path together. And that's what I think relationships are, right? They're, they're totally like, you're doing your thing and I support you in that. I'm doing my thing. I need I want you to support me in that. But no matter what, we're in it together. And like, I want to go for like 50, 60, 70 years. So. I tell my husband that all the time. That I never tell him I can't go out with the guys. He never tells me I can't go out with the girls. He's told me no like three times in our entire relationship. We've been married for eight years. We are so solid. We're each other's best friends. We allow each other to be who we are. Don't stifle that. He's so supportive and I'm so supportive of him and you know that's what you want to find when he was on your team a thousand years no matter what. Yeah and you don't want somebody I I this is one of the things I kind of told Luke which I think a lot of people myself I made this mistake you know but it's it's you you don't want to control anybody because um, by controlling them you never really know what's really genuine right and so if somebody, if somebody, yeah, it's like if, if I'm telling you like, oh, you can't go here or oh, you need to be here or whatever, then at the end of the day, you don't know if that person wants to be there. You don't know if like, you know, um, and that goes in a lot of bigger things, but I don't know. I just think that, um, yeah, no, don't control it and don't like, just let it be, be a partner, you know, be a partner. And if you were to meet the girl tomorrow... Would you see yourself settling down in a couple of years, having kids a couple of years after that? Like, are you yeah. like more so looking at like into your 30s having a family or? You know, I, I was actually weirdly enough having this conversation with a friend and uh, I think that that really depends on the person, right? I, whatever whatever it is, I, I want to enjoy my time with them. But I think the best relationships are relationships where you almost feel that you're that thing before you put a title on it. Because I think titles bring sometimes expectations 
and you should have that relationship like you should have trust you should have uh the feeling of this is my person like i know they're not doing anything it should be there before you say hey you want to do this yeah you know and so like and there's levels to relationships there's dating we're committed or exclusive and you know then hopefully you're together for a while and it just transitions like we should probably get married you want to get married like let's do this you know so like building a friendship is so important my husband and i um it took him forever to propose i mean literally i was like this guy we had our son already (laughs) i'm like what is going on we just got married three years ago we've been together for a long time but Looking back now, I'm glad that we did it the way we did because we do, yes, our relationship is not perfect, and I've said it so many times on the podcast, but we have an amazing um, friendship. We have a great connection. So I think building a friendship with that person is so important. And then, I mean, you're only 28. It'll get there within time. Why speed it up? Like, why? why? I mean, hey, the the thing is, if I met a woman that I am crazy in love with like first of all i'm gonna put that out there like hey i'm in love like you guys sorry you know but i'm taking but i think that at the end of the day um it's it, it just depends on the connection that you have yeah, with that person right. how strong right. that is yeah. right yeah. but i mean and the thing is i said this earlier attraction is i mean all of the women in bachelor bachelor nation are they're there are a lot of women in Bachelor Nation that are attractive. Cool, awesome. I heard you, you know, on Matt, on you guys, on Matt's thing, you guys were like, so like, who would you be interested? In? I'm like, and Matt's like, I don't know, like, I want to get to know them. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, I get that doesn't necessarily that sounds a certain way, but like, I get what he's saying because everybody like you're attractive. Now what? Cool. There has to be more. Yeah. So like, thank you. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. But that takes time on getting to know somebody, right? And like, yeah. Well, I think the thing is, is that a lot of us are very intuitive. We just are not aware of it. So I think once you meet that person, you just intuitively know. Like, when you look in someone's eyes, you just kind of like. It takes some. No, I love it. I I mean, I, I mean, I told you when I first met my husband, I was like, it scared him, but I saw him and I was like, he's gonna be my husband. I'm marrying him. I did. I was one of those <laughs> That's awesome. And, right? Yeah. yeah. And I and I still tell him that. I'm like, oh my god, you still give me like that vibe, yeah. The butterflies and yeah, yeah still- you could be an asshole sometimes, but you still give <laughs> We're we're very real. But he still gives me that you'll just know. I mean yeah. when you meet that woman, you will and we'll be I can, I'm excited for you. We've been having fun. I'm glad you're glad. Honestly, you are like legitimately an amazing match. Thank like, you. Seriously. Yes. Like, ladies. Ladies out there. <laughs> I wish I knew somebody. Just getting her at it. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. I wish I knew someone. Maybe she's a little too old for you, but does age matter? Uh, oh, wait, so that's a funny question. Does age matter? I want to um, know this. I think that age. I know this is cliche, but age is really nothing but a number, right? It's like it's it's really about one your connection, two are you mature enough, and like again, it's about a partnership, right? So um, obviously, I don't want to go too. I'm not going to go too below a number because I'm not with that. But 
<laughs> yeah, or to like, yeah, you know. But you I just date a forty-year-old. I've. Da- Oh, I've okay. dated. I've dated. I've dated older women you before. Have I have. Yeah. Oh, that, that does not so me. I just think older girlfriends that I had that are, have not been married. Yeah. No, no. you're a great catch. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank like you. even when you talk, you're very mature. You're very wise, and you have this way of um, you look an old soul. But I think that yes. way of your grandfather being so much a part of your life. You know, like you probably yeah. are him. You know what I'm saying? Maybe. I, I can hope, yeah. Well, here's the crazy thing. Because I'm all about uh, universe and energy. And I think, like, your grandfather has a capability of bringing you this person into your life. Yeah. And it's going to happen exactly when it's supposed, it's supposed to. to. Yeah. I don't know if he comes yeah. to you in, his, in your dreams. I don't know if you get signs from him. But I just feel like I need to share this with you. Like, you'll have that connection with this female and he's going to be the one to help you. Like, yeah. He's going to have, yeah. yeah. That would be a crazy piece of the story. Uh, so we're going to keep on top. <laughs> part, two, part two, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you want to know. He's probably sure. going to walk away and be like, these ladies are No, 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 no. Yeah. So um, I mentioned that Leslie wanted to call in. Well, okay. She is ready to call. Let's do it. So actually, we're going to call her. Hi, Leslie. Hi, Leslie. Hi, Leslie. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Leslie, this hey. is Devin. Devin, Leslie, Leslie, Devin. Hi, Leslie. Hi, Devin. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> so, Big fan of the show. Yes, Leslie, thank you so much for being a fan and calling in and being a fan of Devin's. Um, go ahead and, and ask him whatever you would like. So, what was the hardest part about leaving home? I know you have a little brother. Yeah. No, yeah. So I actually, um, I was already in LA uh, when everything kind of was coming to fruition. But, um, you know, and I always go and see Ethan as much as I can and my family as much as I can. But um, when, when it actually became very real, I, you know, gave a call to my family, kind of told them like, hey, this is something that um, I might actually do. And, um, they supported me in and you know, Ethan, Ethan is, as long as I always stay in contact with Ethan. So I, we, we actually, I have like a, he has his own little iPad that I like text him on all the time. So, uh, we, we talk pretty frequently. So as long as I, you know, stayed in contact with him, um, he's good, but he knew, he knew that I was going to be gone for a while and he knew, he knew, you know, what that was going to be about. So that's, that's what was important for me is for him to know like hey i'm not i'm not ignoring you or like you know don't worry about me but i'll be i'll be back, I'll be back. yeah no that's sweet you think that kind of prepares you having like such a young brother oh yeah no i mean so we've definitely been talking a little bit uh on the podcast about that and you know when that time comes i cannot wait to be uh, a father i I definitely look forward to that. I always say that I'm in trouble either way, but if I have a daughter, I am gonna, I'm probably gonna spoil her a lot. Oh, cute. <laughs> um, 
He is such a sweetheart, Leslie. I wish you could meet him in person like we are. Well, Leslie, thank you so much for calling in. Um, thank you, Leslie. We appreciate you listening and being so supportive of our podcast. And I hope you enjoyed this fan experience with Devin. You had great questions. You're the best. I'll talk to you later. You have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye. That was awesome. Thank you so much for doing that. Yeah, of course. Because you have a ton of fans out there. Yes, you do. I can see why. We're big fans for sure. Yes, we are. So So we're going to wrap it up. Yeah, we're going to wrap it up. But we want to tell everyone about your influencer agency. Oh, yeah. And how they can get a hold of you and all of your information. Yeah, 100%. Influencer agency is called Influences Inc., you can find that through my Instagram page, which is Devin Harris underscore underscore. It's two underscores, actually. <laughs> and uh, yeah, or I mean, I think my email is attached on there as well. So if you want to shoot me an email, you can do that as well. You can slide into his DMs. Slide into did. those DMs. I respond, try to respond as much as I can to the, you know, people that message me on he IG. Does. So. Yeah, he was he's great. Good. He was great with responding with us. Yeah. And we really appreciate it. I mean, we can't thank you enough for joining us and mingling course, with yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. Love the mingling. Love the mingling. Thanks for having me. <laughs> We'd love to have you back for hey. Perfect. Nice guys, thanks so much. Right, thank you so much, guys. And, and you guys, time check out this restaurant before yes. we do um, let you all go. Main Kitchen in Walnut Creek. Walnut Creek, California. It's incredible. And order the mimosa. Talk, right. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.